Welcome back to the Pilot Boys Podcast, Deep Dive Time. Part the last week, we did a deep dive from Italy. This time, we're doing a deep dive from down under over there, over there in London. <laughs> uh, it's, it's never a dull moment. So this week, uh, it's actually a topic uh, that we can thank my Facebook from, from uh, about a decade or so ago, which is... Kind of an important thought, I think, that's um, as we uh, digest a lot of information in society, especially in this information age, it's very important that you develop a system that differentiates your needs from your wants um, and then learn how to focus on your needs. Because the truth of human beings is that we all have unrealistic wants, um, but pretty reasonable needs when we actually think through them and you can obtain and fulfill most of your needs. And once your needs are met, um, I think it's a key to unlocking a baseline of happiness that allows you um, to digest all this information that's coming in and process it in a way um, that doesn't come from a place of, of insecurity or uh, a lack of, um, which I think really can impact your psychology. That's kind of the baseline of, of my thinking behind this. It's, it's fine to set big goals and have desires but it's very important for you to understand what your needs are actually are and try to meet those first um, to unlock the potential of your dreams and desires. I think that's really well said. I think there's so many things that we convince ourselves that we want because they're things that other people have. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very hard to build the separation between like trying to mimic others versus like figuring out for yourself what's really true to you. I think that, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's challenging to get a sense of like what actually resonates with you. Like you have to try some stuff, you have to mess up, but when you do figure out the things that actually make you happy, I think there's a few, few things that come from it. But I think first and foremost, like you realize life is not as expensive as you thought it was. No, it's not. And it's not a, and, and a lot of the things that you think matter really don't like you, you, you put it very well. It's like we are piled on with information marketing that is built in psychological, <laughs> psychological behavior analysis, uh, consumer behavior analysis to understand that, Hey, let's tell people what they're supposed to want versus allow them to understand what they really want. Um, because that's what drives uh, consumption, right, for the most part. And it's you can't fault, you know, this isn't an anti-capitalism, anti-corporation anti, uh, anti, um, <laughs> anti stance or anti-advertising stance. It's just the, the reality of knowing how to digest information allows you to take control of your life versus being controlled um, by by things right and i think it's i see it even more so recently like i don't know i think more so even in the last couple of years with the advent of tiktok and instagram like you see these like vacation videos and destination videos and car videos they all look so beautiful they're so well put together they make it seem like all of these are things that you should want and should desire regardless of what position you are in financially or what position you are in terms of harmony 
um, to always desire things that are out of your current reach. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with goal setting um, and, and having those type of dreams. But what I think the problem that people have is it becomes their current reality, right? Of it, they start to have this struggle where it's a fight of depression about the fact that they don't have these things yet for, versus the, the positive impact of having the desire to obtain certain things in your life. Um, and I feel like the it's overtaken by the current the current negativity uh, of of not having those desires and wants, and that I think it, it it is much stronger than the pull of the desire to have those things for many people. That's really yeah, that's really really interesting. I, I think there's this sense of like internal truth that you feel when it's something that that resonates with you as well like i think there's there's this wholeness that you feel within you when you're doing something that's purely for you you know what i mean that i think also kind of finds its way into the mix um but the whole it's you're right it's the psychology of it it's it's when your brain takes over the decision making and your heart doesn't do it that's when you tend to do the things you don't need to be doing. But when your heart is really driving the way forward, you're pretty solid. Right. And I think there's so many situations, like I think about this, this type of thing needs and wants, but I also think of it in the sense of like actions, like the actions that are true to you versus the actions that, you know, come more from an ego driven place. Like there's tons of times I think for all of us where we question our actions and there's tons of decisions that, that I feel like we make um, that, you know, maybe we shouldn't make, but there's only one way to find out. And that's to see what it feels like, whether it's a need or a want or an action you should take or shouldn't take. There's only one way to find out whether it's true to you or not. And I think there's this process we all have to like accept in our lives that you have to learn, you have to make the mistakes and you have to grow. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's a hundred percent factual, you know, like you, the only way you learn is by doing and knowing, but actually, actually the most important thing is actually reflecting, right? Like that's what I'm taking from what you're saying is like, you're going to make good decisions. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make decisions that you think are based on something that you need or you want. Um, But the only reality is if you don't reflect and actually ask yourself the question, I think that's also what people don't do is they get in this cycle of constantly chasing things without doing the reflection and saying whether it's important or not, you know, and I think this, you know, a good example of this is travel, right? Like a lot of, I think current culture, the idea of travel is, is, is more based on, and I see this all the time. People care more about the fact that they can take a picture or a video in the place that they're going. Um, And I think the healthiest and most productive way to look at travel is like, this is an opportunity to learn. Right. And for me, it's more important to go like you're traveling right now to go and observe and feel and be impacted by different cultures to get a better understanding of the world and how it operates and how vast and how different people can be um, and the opportunities that exist there. It's not about, oh, I need to go to the Louvre. I need to go to the Eiffel Tower and take a picture in front of it, which I think is overtaking kind of the healthy approached even to what you're saying, experiencing things, right? Like there are places that I've been and I've said, 
I'm really happy that I live in America. There are other places that I've been, I've said, hey, this is a culture that I really like. It's different than our culture and there are aspects of it that I wish we had in our in, in America, right? And that's yeah. really part of differentiating your needs and wants and understanding, like even that concept of people saying they hate it here, right? Or I want to live somewhere else, or I love it here. America is the greatest place on earth. When you don't have the context of experiencing other places, how can you even make either one of those statements? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, it, it's super well said. I mean, I think that you do have to, you have to experience both sides of it and you have to have a sense over time of like, which one is, is where you belong. And I think there's also the evolution of an individual as well. Like something that you feel like doesn't suit you earlier in your life may suit you later in your life. And there's, there's a process of maturity and growth. I think that a lot of that, yeah, I, I know a lot of people that stop growing after they get out of their twenties and they're yeah. pretty stagnant from that point yeah. on. I think the real, the real lesson here is like not to get too comfortable in the things, you know, because you'll start when, once you start to find yourself unhappy because you're not growing, you're not evolving, you're going to try to change your surroundings. So that's when you see people lose faithfulness with their significant others. That's when you see people pick up, you know, addictions and have other problems. Like it's when the inside of you is feeling off. And so you try to change the things outside of you to make it better. But in reality, like inside, you're just craving different new experiences that'll teach you more about yourself. And, and you know, you can create it in a more painful way or you can create it by like just choosing a different meal when you go to the restaurant, you know, like cooking different things, like traveling to new places and traveling in different ways than you have before. Like maybe, maybe you did the, the touristy stuff the first time and maybe the second time you go try to live like a local and see what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really it. Like that's the whole, this whole conversation around needs and wants it boils down to, your ability to try new things and have experiences and evaluate and come to a, a conclusion like your point that you made about people's um, growth getting stagnated after a certain age it's because of that um, that establishment of uh, a personality that is very 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 um, anti-learning right? Like an anti-growth in the sense that I think there's this comfort level that people get to, um, you know, what I was saying at the outset here was about establishing your needs. It's not, it's not so that you can't have wants to desire and to want to try new things. It's more about establishing a baseline where you dictate control over that, those wants, right? Where you're like, I'm, overall pretty satisfied right now. So anything that I'm desiring is coming from the need to either learn, have new experiences, but not out of a feeling of lack of something that you have internally or you don't have in your life right now. I think that's a very unhealthy way to live and leads to a cycle. You know, and they talk about this all the time throughout corporate culture. You graduate college, you get a $50,000 job and you Want have a fifty thousand dollar job, but you want to live a hundred and fifty thousand dollar lifestyle because you think a college graduate is supposed to have certain things. Then you get to the hundred thousand dollar salary, and you're looking at 
all the millionaires that you know that are above you and you want to, you, you have the desire to live that lifestyle versus being like, Hey, I'm at the phase that I'm supposed to be in. Let me set my desires and my wants to where I'm at right now and staying present to where I'm at, because that's what leads to, you know, most people in this country not having more than $10,000 in their savings account because they're always keeping up. You're yeah. always keeping up with your wants versus just saying, hey, this is this is where I'm at in life. I can create a good life. At $50,000 a year, you can have a good life. And if you're single, you can have a good life. You know what I mean? Um, and you don't need to have the Mercedes and the and the $3,000 a month apartment. And same thing when you're at 100000 You don't need to go and buy the $800,000 house right away. Ask yourself if that's a want or if that's a need. You know, um, and that question is very important in each phase of your life. That's what I'm trying to get to. Not saying, hey, dismiss all your wants, get to a point of like having very limited needs and saying, OK, I need to fulfill these things. It's really about establishing the happiness and a baseline of staying present with where you're at versus desiring what you don't have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's interesting, too, because even the idea that your salary should dictate your lifestyle is a backward idea. Yeah, your yes. lifestyle should be dictated by what makes you happy and yeah. your salary is not correlated to that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, nothing that makes us happy is something we have to spend money for either. You know, it's like, and maybe little amounts for food or for a beverage or whatever you're looking for. But the, the, the real truth of it is that it's not that, that difficult to do the things that you want to do. I mean, the reality is it's, it's, it's all a, it's all a game. The reality is that if, if there wasn't a price on things, right. And everybody just kind of dictated and did what they needed to do to fulfill and meet society's standards, money would not need to be exchanged. You know, the yeah. farmer would grow their food and supply society with food. There would be no exchange financially at all. And when you really think about this, it's pretty, it's pretty dynamic. Like we don't need, you're right at our core, you don't need money, but money is an artificial man-made creation. It's make-believe, you know what I mean? That we've made and has led to this kind of like scarcity mentality amongst people who everything is built on their salary because it is an exchange. Everything is an exchange of money. But the reality is if you take that away, what would you need? You could be perfectly happy. There's enough there's there's what do people do when they go on vacation oh i need to get to a beach a beach is free you know what i yeah. mean like water is free the ocean is free the trees are free you know it's like um but it is it is something that you have to struggle with because the reality is that's not how um you were driven and educated in society to understand that and so and it's not the reality that we live in you know you have to have money to buy food you have to have money to have a roof over your head like it's just the reality of where where we're at now you could live out in the woods but even that requires money how do you build a dwelling how do you eat you could you you have to teach yourself how to hunt you have to teach yourself a lot of different things um, that at the baseline we're not taught to do so you'd have to actually learn all of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, even even outside of that, like, I think when if you were to even live in our society, right? Like, it's it, if you were to move to a place where life is actually affordable and 
just like look at the daily daily living costs. Yeah, I mean, maybe fifteen hundred bucks is what you would need per month to be able to live a pretty pretty comfortable life in the states. And yeah, you'd be cooking more your meals. A lot of what you would have to do would be homemade. But I think like this is something powerful. You know, I I heard from Virgil uh, Virgil Abloh about yeah. what he did with Off White, which is like, hey, if you can't afford the commercialized version of it, make your own. Like that's what that's what art is all about. And that's like if you can't afford to go have the cocktail at the bar, make your own at home for a couple bucks and you can yeah. have the same experience in, and you know what I mean? In, in whatever way you want, like there's nothing worth, there's nothing worth chasing about spending the most money for an experience because most of these things we can create for ourselves. And that's what, that's what the, the, the understanding of fashion is another great example of needs and wants, right? Like, ask yourself the question of why am I, why do I have the need to go spend, you know, $250 or whatever, you know, I don't buy the, a lot of this stuff. So forgive me if my pricing is off, but for, a, for an off-white t-shirt, right? You're doing that because you are desiring to put an energy out to the world of what you have or what you represent. And what Virgil said is very true. If you have if you just want to have a nice shirt, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be an off-white shirt. You can create something. You can go screen the shirt that you have on is your own creation. You screen print it and you put it on a shirt. You know what I mean? Like, and it probably costs you 20 bucks, you know? Exactly. And so, exactly. you know, it's like just, just those things are very, very important. And they're, and again, I always like to give the counter, which is, if that is something you want to do, if, if it does make you fulfilled to, to, to be able to say, Hey, I can go buy a $600 t-shirt and, and, and it makes me feel good internally. It makes me feel better and gives me, you know, gives me a certain type of energy and vibe and confidence in myself. And it's not based on how does this reflect on the external world Then go buy the $600 t-shirt. There's no one that's stopping you from doing that. Um, it's just that I feel like a lot of this consumption is is really based on, you know, poor mental health and depression. Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting. I remember, you know, years ago I used to make my own clothes. I used to I still do it, but I used to make my own like the biggest thing was jeans. I would buy jeans off of these discount sites for like, you know, twenty five bucks on sale. And then I would acid wash them or I would sand wash them or I would distress them and i would you know use scissors to scrape up the front to get the white showing i would i would cut um holes in it and i would use the scissor to distress it so it looked nice and yeah i would i would do that for all of my clothes because i couldn't afford the designer stuff but i still wanted to be fly and uh, i remember at the time there was a girl i was dating who didn't like when i wore that stuff because she knew i made it and so to her, it was lower value because I had made it versus if I had bought it. And it was a really interesting experience for me because there was nothing about the thing that she didn't like about it. She didn't like the fact that I made it for myself and it made her feel like it was like, I guess, like a, like a poor thing to do, if you will. And I just, I, I thought it was a really interesting experience because it just showed me that we're conditioned that 
we don't value things that are homemade. We don't value things that people do for themselves. But in fact, those are the most valuable things in the world because you can't put a price tag on a home cooked meal from a mom. Yeah. You can't put a price tag on someone sitting down and cutting the sleeves off of a, sh- a shirt you want to make sleeveless. You know, those things are are completely impossible to value. And, and in my view, they're worth more than you know, however many things you know distressed vintage teas you can buy there's the, to do it yourself is worth more than any of that yeah it's the whole idea of the herd mentality and the reality is accepting that you know what different what makes you different and your ability to confidently move against the herd is what ultimately is is the baseline of every enormous success story right it's just it's just fundamental logic if you follow the herd you're only going to get as far as the herd right? (laughs) That's, that's, that's the reality where, you know, there's a lot more risk with being a disruptor, but there's also a great deal more reward and fulfillment. And that's like the whole needs and wants and individual individualizing that concept to understand what it is that drives you. What are the things that you care about and building out, um, you know, and, and having the controls controlling for, you know, the realities of, of the environmental factors that we're in, um, and, and creating that precedent for yourself is so critical at an early age. Otherwise, you're just going to get lost in the sauce. Yeah. And it's I just I just have so many people. I know so many people who even who ha- seemingly have it all that are very, very unhappy with their lives. This is, you know, it's it's people with I know people with a lot of money and it doesn't and I don't it doesn't hold true to me that it makes you money is going to make you substantially happier or having the ability to get things if you don't have the fundamental baseline of being able to be happy or content with um with very little honestly you know what yeah. I mean? yeah yeah and that's joy you know you move to a farm you live there all day you probably won't be happier in your life and i think it just it takes some space to see that sometimes, yeah. you know, in this world where we're all raised to build a skill and then trade it for money and work for the man and be a part of the system. It shocks people when your brain works outside of that, that construct they don't yeah. understand how to interact with you or deal with you. They don't understand where you're coming from or why you make the decisions you make. And ultimately that makes you the most powerful person in any situation. Yep. yep. Well, I think, you know, just to wrap it up, I would say the most, you know, just to riff on that, the most powerful person in the room is the one who doesn't care about any of it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's a great way to, to put a button on this topic. As always, thanks for tuning in. Um, we will back be back to our regularly s- scheduled stateside recording uh, next week. Hope you're enjoying your vacation, uh, Partha. And always, um, to everyone who is listening, always remember to stay moving. Be you. You is fly. Pilot boys out.